This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It is brilliant. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I don't think people realize how funny he is. He is amazing. He's so good. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He joined us earlier, one of the best guests that we have each and every week. Right now, though, as we begin this hour, Joseph, we do it with some breaking news. Carlin versus Joe, breaking news. And this from Adam Schefter's Twitter just literally minutes ago. Referee Brad Allen and his crew, who last worked Saturday night's Lions-Cowboys game have been assigned to Saturday's Steelers-Ravens game on ESPN. So they are back in primetime national television. There you go. Your thoughts. Courtney Cronin had a great tweet on this where she talks about how this announcement is coming after this crew uh, had the non-defensive pass interference call at the end of the Chiefs-Packers game. You remember that? Yep. We had a lot of talk about that, whether or not it should have been called. I think most of us were okay with the non-call, but it was still controversial. Then there was the roughing the passer call that wasn't called in a game with the Bears where Zedarius Smith was end- – he ended up being fined later for it, but they didn't call it, and it cost the Bears a field goal opportunity – And then, of course, this is the crew that blew the Lions-Cowboys call at the end of the game with um, the guys checking in and whether or not they were eligible and whether or not Detroit got screwed there. The whole thing. I I mean, I don't know. What what am I supposed to think of this? Like, is this a new story? Officials blowing games and getting new assignments? What what, what am I supposed to think here? Frankly, I'm looking at this, and I I don't particularly care. (laughs) And here's why. I, we every week see coaches, players, and officials make mistakes. Now, we all want officiating to be done in a way that allows it to get the call right in the end. So that's why we've added replay and all these different things. Saturday night into Sunday morning, uh, Joe, it just drove me absolutely insane to see how many people were screaming about how badly they screwed this up. You took it to TikTok. It drove you so nuts. I, I, I did. Standing outside in urgent care in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. That's how angry I was. That's big time. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, ish. Anyway, <laughs> here's the deal. You're going to get that upset about the official screwing up that call. And you were going for two in that instance, which I credit Dan Campbell for. That was tremendous going for two uh, at the end of that game. But there's a penalty, and yeah, they screwed it up. But once they didn't get it right, Dan, how about we not go for it for a two-point conversion from the seven-yard line with one play at that point? How about we kick the extra point to go to overtime and actually give your team a chance to win? If anybody should be angry at anybody, it is Lions Nation at Dan Campbell because there is aggressive and there is stupid. And that was stupid. 
That was not aggressive. It was reckless for his team. He was he was big time on tilt there. That that's the poker term on tilt. Yep. You, lo- you lose a hand, Great and all of a sudden you move off your strategy and you just start getting super aggressive, firing at pots, not making good decisions because emotion has clouded your judgment. That's what happened at the end of that. That said, I wasn't as offended by the decision to go for it that everyone else was. Everyone thinks it's so boneheaded. I I get it. Kick the extra point. I get it. That's the smart move. But is it that bad of a deal? How often do we hear the broadcasters say when you get down to the goal line, a penalty backing a team up, you'll always hear the color guy jump in and say something like, actually, this isn't that bad of a penalty. It gives you more space to work with. And it's not like Dallas's defense is any good. You can chew those guys up. They chewed them up going right down the field at the end of that game. What are those morons doing, by the way, sitting back and prevent like that? They just let Detroit go right down the field at the end of that game. Yeah. Like that was as poorly coached on both sides. Mike McCarthy dodges a huge bullet in terms of his bonehead decision making, throwing the ball three plays in a row at the end of the game because Campbell out boneheads him. And are we finally done with Dan Campbell as coach of the year? I know that we're kind of going on a tangent here and we'll get back to the officiating crew, but are we done with that now? Like, yeah, are we done with it? Is it absolutely we're done like with that. He's not the favorite to win coach of the year. He's not the coach of the year. He's a good coach. He's done a very good job over the last three years, but he hasn't done the best coaching job this season. Stunning to me that he's still up for that award. Like, I, I, I can understand why he went for it at the end because the Cowboys were on their heels. You kick it there, it's probably the smart move. The fact on the officiating, I kind of like it. I like it. I, Officiating has been such a great storyline in this country for so long. We hate umpires. We call for the robo-umps. We hate referees in football because they blow calls like this. In the NBA, we're getting all over them because at the end of the game, they don't officiate it the same way they did at the beginning of the game. It's nothing but a never-ending barrage of complaining about the officials. That's the only thing that's consistent. We all complain about their performance, and nobody does anything about it. It's as American as it gets. I say give these guys the Super Bowl. That's what Joe Fornball says. Put this crew on the Super Bowl. That's what we need. And really let everyone in the world see how bad they are. We get so banged up about this stuff. Like, can you believe that call last night? It's a great talking point. It gives us something to discuss other than the chaos happening around the world. I get it. They screwed it up. None of these guys, they're not Angel Hernandez. I mean, it's not like putting Angel Hernandez out there in primetime again. That's the guy who uh, blew the perfect game, right? No, no, no. Angel Hernandez is just renowned as basically the the worst worst umpire in Major League Baseball in the history of the game. Uh, The guy who blew the, uh, the call on the perfect game... Uh, he was the one. Jim who, Joyce, is that what Jim it is? Jim Joyce, yeah. Thank you, Wilner. He was, That's not me. I want to make that clear. Uh, he still absolutely uh, is so apologetic for it. He was crying knowing that he missed that call the next day. Evan, I'm not wrong about that, correct? I mean, he he could not have been more apologetic for what happened. Yeah, unlike Brad Allen, who's just lying in the pool report, being like, no, 70 checked in. 70 never came over to Brad Allen. I think that's what most people had the problem with, was that Brad Allen didn't apologize. He just basically said the Lions, the entire Lions team is lying, and you have to believe me because I wear a white hat and stripes. I dig that. I, You know what? The Lions have been losers for so long, I'd pin it on yeah. them, too. I think most people will be like, you know what? Yeah, it probably is the Lions' fault. If I were him, I'd say, look at their record, look at my record. Yeah, 
Who's telling the truth? Yeah. When was the last time these guys won anything? I'd rather I'd bet the Lions to get to the Super Bowl before Brad Allen these days. <laughs> so let me tell you, so, so this guy over here who's talking about biting kneecaps, you're going to believe him when it comes to the the, the, the the fine nuance of the rules regarding checking in and being eligible? I, I got to be honest, I don't know what the hell these rules are. I love it how everyone's up in arms over these rules at the end of the game like they have any idea what's happening. I don't know that rule. I don't know what eligible means. They come in, they check in. What does it say? Yeah, oh, 52's reporting is eligible. Eligible for what? To catch a pass? Yes. I don't know what the hell's going on. To touch the ball, basically. To catch the pass. Still That's pissed at McCarthy. Is. Like, I'm pissed at McCarthy. I had the Cowboys. That I thought the bad. Cowboys were going to roll him in that game. I was pissed. McCar- McCarthy throwing the ball three plays in a row. He leaves him an extra 40 seconds. What are you doing? And then people will say, well, you know, he's trying to be aggressive. He's trying to win the game. No, he's not. Because eight minutes before that, with about eight and a half minutes to go when they had the ball, he was running the ball there trying to kill the clock. The guy's trying to kill the clock with eight minutes to go, and then with a minute and a half to go, he's trying to get aggressive. He has no idea what he's doing out there. It's the same thing every day with this guy. But because the Lions blew the game, McCarthy probably goes in the locker room afterwards and is like, yeah, we did a good job there. We did what we needed to do. I mean, we won, right? Why is everyone complaining? We won. Process worked. That's a guy who gets caught up in outcome over process. That's the problem. Always choose process over outcome. If you get the process right, long-term, the outcome will be favorable for you. If you're focused on the outcome over the process, you get clouded. Your judgment gets screwed up. And to your point, it appears that America is done with Dan Campbell as coach of the year because right now Kevin Stefanski is minus 900 to win coach yeah, of the year. Well, we the called that at 16 to 1 a month ago. We told everyone that was the bet. People yep. looked at us like we were crazy. He already won it. It's Cleveland. He's winning with four different quarterbacks. Joe Flacco should be comeback player of the year, by the way. I know we're going to get into the whole DeMar Hamlin thing, but is Flacco not your comeback player of the year? I, I don't know how he isn't. I don't know how the he isn't. The story's ridiculous. He's on the couch. He literally got turned down for a TV show. That's how bad it was. Although, you know, lots of people get turned down for TV shows, but he couldn't make it on a football show. It's like, you knew, you're not even good enough to talk about football. He's like, I'll show you. I'll go play football. That's what all of us in Sports Talk Radio have been trying to do for years. Like, exactly. you know, if I could just get out on that field, I'll, sh- I'll show them. <laughs> it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You're letting Campbell off the hook a little too easily here. You really are. It's it's just, you know, it's Alliance. It's like the lovable loser thing. Like, I look at it and it's like, yeah, yeah it's a nice story. You just swatted away an entire fan base as if to say, away with you. you don't bother me. You're a gnat. I'd like, to, I'd like to see him win it. It's just I see the way they do things. I like his aggression. I really do. I like the aggression. I like the way they play football. They are very entertaining. Like, they are what I want. You know what I don't want? Atlanta. Everything that has to do with Atlanta, I don't want to see them on a weekly basis. Like, anytime it's like, oh, you know, you got the Atlanta and the Panthers this weekend, fired into the sun. I don't want to see that this weekend. <laughs> some of these bowl drink. games, have you watched some of these bowl games? Yes. You bet on some of these teams I- that come out and they just don't score any points. They just completely die. I, I called some of these bowl games. What's the what's and the I, worst one you had? I, I love doing them. Uh, not yesterday. Yesterday was thirty-five nothing Tennessee. <laughs> oh. It was not yesterday. That's a competitive one. In the first half, it actually was. For Thanks me. for coming out. Iowa's offense zero points over the last two games. It was a rough go for Syracuse. It was a rough go. Who they? Which one they did played they play? South Florida in the Boca Raton. Oh yeah, we had South and Florida. Syracuse. Didn't have a quarterback. Their quarterback, uh, his shoulder was banged up. So they had been using two different Wildcat quarterbacks, including the tight end. And they were just trying to get through that game. And that was ugly. 42 zip. 
Yeah, in your absence, we all had South Florida here. We like that game. Yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. He's the former Tennessee offensive coordinator, and they go at like a ridiculous pace. They're, I'll tell you what, South Florida, they have a good quarterback. They better start loading up that uh, NIL money to keep him because somebody's going to come and punch him away. So in summation, we opened with breaking news on the officiating crew for Ravens Steelers, and we ended with the South Florida quarterback situation. Not a lot of radio shows can go from that point A to that point B. Here's the point. You never know what's going to happen. Don't worry, Lions fans. There is one Michigan team that... <laughs> Yeah, I guess you could trust him to win it all. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And guess what? Nothing changes in Houston. It's tainted. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And yes, Michigan is getting it done right now, brought to you by Granger. The problem here, Joe, is nothing has changed since all of the allegations first started to where we are now, other than... Michigan accepting a punishment in the middle of it from the Big Ten. There is still plenty more to come from the NCAA, but because Michigan has gone and won a couple of games, I'm supposed to believe that nothing is tainted moving forward. That's absurd. It's ridiculous. And I'm not going to just wipe away that entire stain because they've won a few games. And I'm supposed to assume that they haven't done anything wrong during this stretch when 
Nicole Auerbeck is out there tweeting that apparently Connor Stallions was at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> That's the ultimate troll job right there. Oh I hope he's in God. gym seats sitting next to Jack and Jackie Harbaugh. That'd just be fantastic. Um, I can understand where you're coming from. Right. Like we this this apparently goes back a ways. And, you know, some people have drawn the connection that Harbaugh had the really bad season during covid and everyone was starting to think maybe he's not right for the job. Maybe Michigan's going to move on. Maybe this isn't going to work. And then suddenly things start to pick up and then we link this spying scandal to it. And it's like, all right, maybe that's what what was the catalyst for this. The cheating gave them the edge and put them over the top. I I would. I find it fascinating if somehow they'd get pop nationally for this. He'd sit out three games and they'd still find a way to cheat for the Penn State, Ohio State, and Alabama games, all the big games that they won this year. And the if great doing ones that, find a way, Joe. Yeah, I mean, if they found a way to still do it while everyone was watching them, kudos to them. They should be running the CIA at this point. But if they stopped and they went out and they won the three biggest games on the schedule without doing it, then yeah, I... I it's going to be tough for me to look back and say it's tainted. What, you, you needed the edge to get past UNLV in Hawaii? I don't think so. Your three biggest games of the year came after you got blown out of the water for this thing, and you hammered Penn State, and you took care of Ohio State, and then you went out and you beat Alabama. And if you go out and you beat Washington, it's like all the games that mattered happened after all the allegations, and if they weren't cheating for that, then what does it matter if they were cheating for the Hawaii game? Look, I, I understand that, but – it was also Big Ten conference games. Yeah. There's, there's a whole lot there. And let's let's not forget a couple of things. Number one, we both agree nobody here from Michigan deserves the benefit of the doubt on, on any of it. Not when they've already accepted a punishment. Number two, they accepted a punishment. Why? They were so vehement about how they were being persecuted. And it was so unfair. And everybody in the world is out to get Michigan. And it's Michigan against everyone. And then the Big Ten came and tossed a file on their desk and said, here's everything we've got so far. And they looked at it, flipped through it. You know what? We'll take that suspension. (laughs) We'll take that. We're good. And we'll put out an innocuous statement that, you know, we just want to put this all behind us. Oh, stop. Stop. You don't take that suspension after the entire world has just publicly backed you up, the entire Michigan world, I should say, has just publicly backed you up, and now you say, eh, we're good. We'll make this happen. And now everybody's happy again. And it's no big deal. And what are you going to do? And it's just us continuing to be together. This team is so together. Like, that's another one of AI Jim's favorite phrases. We are so together. We are so together. It's working. It's oh working. I don't want to defend them. I'm not rooting for them. I wasn't rooting for them yesterday. I, look, but I, they're I, finding ways to get it done. And if they're, it, I mean, what do you think the likelihood is that they're breaking rules during this current stretch? I mean, in hindsight, it's genius that he sat those three games out. They won them all, went to the playoff. He came back and they just took out Alabama. All right. I just, hang on a second. How can I not connect dots here when I have a guy that didn't coach half the season because of suspensions? Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, nothing's going wrong here. I can't operate under the assumption that they don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. How do I know? 
I'm not going to say that they are, but I guarantee one thing. I'm not going to say that they're not. Yeah. yeah How I can, can I? I can see that. I, I just, I, I think I've gotten to the fact, I've gotten so desensitized to the fact that everybody's cheating everywhere. You're just so dead inside, that, Joe. Yeah. You, you believe in something. It's everywhere you look, there's a cheating scandal. Like, we have cheating scandals everywhere. Everyone is breaking rules everywhere, it looks like. Uh, for years, it was the briefcases of money, and then we had NIL. I mean, do we do we feel like everyone's just playing this game above board instead of Michigan? In baseball, it's, well, you know, they, they took it too far because they were banging on the trash can. But, you know, everyone's kind of doing it. Uh, okay, great. You know, auto racing, trying to trick the car out a certain way. At poker, everyone's trying to use cameras and signals. We had the chess scandal, for crying out loud. We had a chess scandal. Like, there's not even integrity in chess. We got guys cheating. We have people cheating everywhere. It's like, all right, they're cheating, but, you know, they just beat Alabama. So, all right. I'm sure is is Bama 100% honest in what they do? I don't know, but I don't have evidence. I've got evidence here. Yeah. We had evidence prior to these games. Yeah. Well. In the biggest games of the year, it's like, you know. Here's Jim saying what I'm sure the chess champion would say if he went on to win after a cheating scandal. (laughs) We have just overcome so much. It's almost been an unfair advantage. I mean, all the things that, that, uh, you know, the, the team has gone through. I mean, we don't care anymore. We don't care what people say. We don't care about uh, anything that comes up. We just know we're going to overcome it because uh, it's unanimous support from uh, every single guy on the team. Uh, it's an unfair advantage that we're this together. <laughs> <laughs> also, they do care what other people say because they came out publicly and were defending themselves against a lot of it, right? Like oh, a lot my of God. It. Wasn't there that one comment, oh, if you're going to be looking at us, I don't know if everyone wants us looking at them or opening up the, you know, their car hoods. Yep. Well, turns out everybody else can leave their car hood shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's what do you Carlin. Got? You know, what do you got? Real quick, real quick. What do you got? Just an early sampler of the championship game. Who are you leaning to? Real quick. I, I'm i reserving it at the moment. Real quick. The, operative the, word here. All right. Real quick. Washington. Okay. But I'm, I'm trying to real decide. Real quick. Operative word here. I'm trying to decide whether or not emotions are involved or not. Oh, they are. Carlin versus <laughs> Joe, ESPN Radio. Getting it done, as Michigan has is brought to you by Granger with supplies <laughs> and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. So Harbaugh also said JJ McCarthy is the greatest quarterback in the history of Michigan college football. Does one legendary Michigan quarterback agree? He joins us next after Joe has this from our friends at Vivid Seats. Check off that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats, your home for every tackle, slap shot, and slam dunk. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From tip-off to final buzzer, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, they're getting a shot at it against Washington. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's welcome in Chad Henney, the former Michigan quarterback, to get his perspective now on all things Michigan. Chad, it's Chris Carlin, along with Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate the time. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. We're doing very well. So let's just get to it uh, first and foremost. What would winning a national championship for Michigan, what would that mean for them since they haven't been able to do it in over 25 years? I mean, I think it's going to be the world. I mean, not only for the team, what they've been through, through the coaching staff, but the players, you know, staying strong, uh, the university, I mean, recruiting purposes, just everything. I mean, I think it's just going to raise our bar and, you know, put us back at the top um, where, you know, especially when I was coming out of high school where I felt Michigan was at. Harbaugh has done such an amazing job building this program up. It's a testament to the university giving him the time he needed too. so many people think that this type of thing should happen overnight. But if you give a guy enough time and you believe in the process, you can get results like this. So here we are. Downside to that is he's done so well, there's a chance he might want to jump back to the NFL, which is what some of the rumors are out there. You know, what what would something like that do to the program? You know, especially if he's able to win the national championship next week. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, especially the way Coach Harbaugh is and the places he's been. And like you said, the type of players that he's gotten in the building. I mean, we have premier guys from all over the United States um, that are performing really well, and he's established that. And, you know, for him to leave, it, it would definitely put a burden on our program because I do think he's a great leader for our program, and he's been through it himself. He was a player as well, and I think he can relate to guys. So. You know, it, it would be tough, and it's like who who would be deserving of that uh, job and who would be willing to take that job with all the pressure on it. So I, I would hope he would stay. Um, you know, I definitely would want him to stay, but if his aspirations are to go to get a Super Bowl, then, um, you know, you got to feel for him. You, you can go do that. Chad Henney, the former Michigan quarterback with us, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Chad, I'm not going to hide behind this. I'm one of these guys that feels like, this is a little bit tainted if Michigan does win the national championship. So what do you say to someone like me that feels <laughs> like that from the outside looking at this situation? You can yell at him, Chad. Feel free. Please do. Tainted as in what? Tainted well, as in the fact think? that uh, – I'll lay it out for you, okay? I have a head coach that was under the NCAA investigation at the beginning of the year. That hasn't been solved yet. They took a three-game suspension. It was self-imposed to just try to make amends and get it going, and nothing has changed there. Then the whole stealing sign situation, they fought so hard and were so adamant about how they did nothing wrong 
Then the Big Ten handed over the evidence, and they said, you know what? We'll take that three-game suspension. We're good. Let's get this over with. So to me, when I have that with with all of that, especially on the sign-stealing stuff as as blatant as it was, because I understand it goes on all over football, but not to this level, that's why I look at this and would consider it tainted. Sure. I mean, I, I, I can agree with you on many cases as well, and um... – you know, whether you do things wrong. But, I mean, everybody's under scrutiny when they're winning, right? So the Patriots have won over the years. They got scrutinized through different things. And there's going to be a microscope on those teams that keep winning, and people don't want to see teams win all the time. So there's always going to be people digging in, seeing what they can find behind the scenes, and knock them down so they don't stay on top. And whether it's right or wrong, and I agree with some of those things, it's it's not right. You can't have a guy on the sideline steal, stealing signals. Whether who you know promoted that or got involved in that, I don't know. Um, I'm far enough away from the program that I really didn't you know ask or get involved in that. But yeah, there is sign stealing throughout the college. I mean NFL. I mean you can sit in the stands and record somebody and doing stealing, but you can't put them on the sideline. That that's where. I look at it and kind of scratch my head. But at the same time, you know, there's been coaches that have stepped up. You know, Sean Moore has done a great job. Mike Hart there, Minter. Uh, I think they all are um, done, done really well. Chad, you were a very successful quarterback in Michigan. Michigan's had a lot of successful quarterbacks over the year, both in college and then as you guys have gone on to the pros, having a lot of success at that level as well. Harbaugh comes out after last night's game. He talks about J.J. McCarthy being the best quarterback in Michigan's history. Um, obviously, he's going to back his guy. But based on what you've seen from McCarthy, what stands out to you? Well, I think he's, uh, he's an all-around quarterback. I mean, nowadays, the quarterback position has changed. When I got to college, it was, you're a strict drop-back quarterback at Michigan, and those before me were the same way. So being an athletic quarterback really wasn't around then. And now J.J. kind of has that full all-around quarterback He can throw, he can run, uh, he makes great decisions. The only thing I see is, you know, we need to pump the ball down the field and create more explosive plays. I I haven't seen that in our offense. I saw it last year against Ohio State when we played them uh, at Ohio State where they did connect on a couple long passes. But I feel, especially against Washington, they're a high-powered offense and they're going to try to, you know, put up points fast. And sure, our job is to slow them down with our run game and create that, but – J.J.'s going to have to throw the ball down the field and create some explosives. Chad Hetty is with us. Now, when you look at Washington, what are going to be the biggest challenges that they are going to present for Michigan outside of what you were just discussing? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Penix is a heck of a quarterback. I mean, first of all, he gets the ball out quick. So he doesn't hold on to the ball uh, very long. So our back end of our defense is going to have to be stout. You know, we're going to have to play a little bit more man coverage because last night watching the game and those zone coverages, he was just eating apart uh, all the space that they were giving into him. And he was getting the ball out extremely fast. And I feel like he's a smart uh, quarterback where he can decipher between protections and he knows where he's hot rather than last night. We saw no kind of struggle with some of those hot routes and getting the ball out. So we're going to have to be on our game. We're, have to, we're going to have to confuse them at times. We're going to have to play a little bit more man press coverage, which you know could be a challenge with their receiving core. But I feel like we have the guys that can do it. But we definitely have to change it up and mix it up and present different looks for them. Chad, appreciate the time, man. Thanks very much for joining us. 
Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Chad Henney, the former Michigan quarterback with us. He was a damn good college quarterback. I saw him play. He was playing at around the time a couple guys I played with in high school ended up at Michigan on the team with him. That was Those were good Michigan teams, man. Solid yeah. teams every single year. You might not have the high end competing for the championship, but you weren't winning like six games. Like you were going out there and you were raising hell every single season. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com. Joseph, there was one decision in a bowl game that cost some people some money. Public enemy number one <laughs> next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Samson once again, the deep man in the eye on second and goal. And here is play action. Iamaliaba rolls left to throw. He'll pull it down, run. Dives for the goal line. He's in. Touchdown, Tennessee. Third touchdown run of the day for the freshman, Nico Iamaliaba. And the Volunteers extend their lead to 20 to nothing. I I knew it. I I was rolling all day with that name. Rolling all day. And the guy has his third touchdown. How long did you practice that? Because I don't work in play-by-play like you do. So I I have to practice names as we get set to talk about UFC events and some other things that come up on the betting show. Things on this. Like, we have to work on names to make sure we're pros about it. You have to probably put in far more work because, you know, that's – very, very specific to what you're doing. You're going to be talking and, about it all day. Exactly. And then virtually every Tennessee play, he's his name is coming yeah. up. And uh, I would say I put in a good three hours of the last couple of days of just trying to say it and then trying to say it fast. And then here's the worst part. I thought it was Iamaleeva. And I was practicing it like that for three days and then 20 minutes before the game – the sports information director from Tennessee comes in. So I said, okay, Iamaleeva. No, Iamaleeva. Oh, what? man. Uh, what? Uh, what a knuckleball. I'm writing it down in big screen right in front of me. And big letters. Maleeva. <laughs> I'm going to respect the kid. Of and course. by the way, this is a five-star guy. He was the number two quarterback in the country last year. Yeah. And he has got a lot of ability. He is going to be good. Well, what'd you say? You botched it one time? I, I was rolling all day, but on the touchdown call, I botched it. Okay. So you make a mistake. I'm sure that someone in his situation understands how difficult it's been for people over the years to get his name right. It's not like this is the first time. And if you were calling his games on a weekly basis, that would be one thing this late in the year to make that mistake. But you've called zero of his games previously, correct? Correct. Okay. So this I'd imagine was his first that, start. I'd imagine if he hears that you've put this much work in and you did that well throughout the course of the day and then you botched it once, it's not the end of the world. He's probably not going to take it personally. Now to botch it on the touchdown, that's something. You know that's what something the real, right there. You know what the real kick in the pants was? It's that. You go from Joe Milton right. to Nico Iamaleava. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence to DJ Uyungle, like, right? Like, yeah. I pray to God I'm not calling a Florida State game next year with DJU. Yeah, it's always going to be DJU. Is that where he ended up going? Yeah. They announced it late yesterday. He's going to Florida State. 
But I'll tell you, man, Florida State found a way to take all the sympathy in the world and just flush it down the toilet. They really? I don't did. think anyone feels bad for them anymore. Not in the least. All the complaining and crying and then getting blown out. It's like, all right, they got no one standing up for them. You are not kidding. And frankly, don't deserve it. Uh, for all the complaining that was done, and then the games later just proved that they were right. Yeah. Not just the blowout, but how good the other games were. Exactly. Like Georgia hammered them. It's like, all right, you could have put Georgia in there. We would have been all right with that. Bama and Michigan come down to the wire. Texas and Washington engaged in a shootout. Like there's no way to sit there and be like, yeah, the committee got it wrong. The committee delivered us. And again, this is important to bring up for all the people who complain all the time about this. The committee just delivered us two awesome football games. We got two awesome football games in a bowl season that has been littered with terrible football. We got two excellent football games in the semifinal. And now we have a final where the point spreads right around four, four and a half. Like, again, are you not entertained? The committee gets it right every year. I I mean, when we talk about final fours, you would love to have two games that either go to overtime or come down to the final shot. And that's what you had yesterday. That's what you had. It was amazing. But, Joe, it, that my call there was from the Citrus Bowl. There was a bit of an issue at the end of the Citrus Bowl leading us to public enemy number one. You could just taste the win. It tastes so good. Until one player lets you down. Don't believe the high. Don't, 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 don't believe the high. This is public enemy number one. I'll tell you who public enemy number one is not. The great folks at Cheez-It. Because <laughs> it was the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Oh, did you get yourself some? Oh, oh, I got Cheez-Its. I mean, I wanted to be swimming in Cheez-Its, and I was. Well, I, t- t- take me through what that looks like. What does swimming in Cheez-Its look like? I'm talking about walking into the booth. There are specialty boxes of Tennessee and Iowa, of full boxes, not tiny little sample boxes. No, you're full Megillah everywhere. There are Cheez-It, you name it, there are Cheez-It things all over the place. You couldn't trip without having a Cheez-It. So there was no thought amongst the Cheez-It people, the bowl people, the crew you're with, that maybe the big man has a New Year's resolution. Maybe this is going to be the year he gets it all together. Maybe we keep the Cheez-Its away from him. We don't want to tempt him. Now you're being ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I would have caused a you-know-what fit if there weren't Cheez-Its everywhere in there. And, of course, Josh Heupel. What did he get doused in? Cheez-Its. Yeah. Of course. But public enemy number one might be Josh Heupel, okay? End of the game. Now, purposely, because we at ESPN, if you are involved in the broadcast of a game, you are not allowed to wager on the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I actually had not really paid attention to what the total of the point spread was leading into the game very much. It was so locked in on the prep work. And apparently the total of the game was 35. It was Iowa playing who has hit eight consecutive unders going into that spot. 35 is a Minnesota Timberwolves game to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Exactly. That is we're getting up and down the floor and this is blowing it wide open. We're going to shoot threes all day. That's exactly (laughs) what that is. So at the end of the game, Tennessee has the football inside the 10-yard line of Iowa as time is winding winding down, and they're running plays. They're even running a pass play at one point, and they get to fourth down, and 
On the broadcast, you can hear this. Khalifa Keith to the left of Moore, takes the snap. He'll throw on third down, lofting it for the back of the end zone. Nothing there. Receiver Christian Charles, and you just heard someone wants a chip. Tennessee fans say kick the field goal. I'll use the word obnoxious. It might even have been an Iowa fan that yelled it, to be honest with you. (laughs) So in the moment. Not obnoxious. I wasn't even thinking about the repercussions of what that was. No, not obnoxious at all. That man was trying to cover. My partner, Rini Angolia, like two minutes later said, you know what? Now I know why he wanted the field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Iowa went under in like 11 of 13 games or something this season, 12 of 14, whatever it is. It was crazy. They're like the best under team in the country. They scored in their three biggest games of the year, the Penn State game, the Big Ten championship game against Michigan, and the bowl game. They scored a grand total of zero points. Yeah. Zero. 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 I mean, remember, we were talking about this. At halftime of the Big Ten Championship game, their team total, live team total, was a half a point. (laughs) (laughs) And they went under. I bet that over six and a half in the game, they sure as hell didn't get there. Oh, my God. I was like, one fluky touchdown. They got a good defense. One fluky touchdown. One fluky touchdown. Not even close. Nope. At any point. So here's what I would say to the guy that is yelling, kick the field. This is this is what I would say. If you are betting the over on Iowa ever over the last couple of years and you got a push, dude, go buy a lottery ticket. That's how happy you should be <laughs> and how fortunate you should consider yourself. Because there are so many people, and I'm not going to lie, before this it's happened where I've, I, I, I bet that live halftime uh, line. Team total, half point. All right, I'm in. Kick the field goal. That's all I'm thinking. Lane Kiffin kicks that field goal. He does. Yeah. He does. And James Franklin might too. He might. But if if you're going to do that, Joe, you deserve. You deserve what happens. <laughs> I feel bad. I just, bowl season is filled with miracle covers and horrendous bad beats. And I don't know why every year I think it's going to be any different. Like it started with the old Dominion game. We were all talking about that. You were off that day. Ian was in. We all played old Dominion. We're up 28 nothing, And we don't cover that spread. They lose that game in overtime. And we're just... And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why do I bet these bowl games? This is how bowl season is. It's like this every (laughs) single year. People are like, oh, this is a crazy bowl season. No, it's not. It's standard. First game of the year, first game of bowl season. You were on, uh, you were on Georgia Southern. Ohio had five starters out of the transfer portal on offense. I got blown out. I got blown out. The other team, everyone left, and I got blown out in that game. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Thanks for bringing. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.